Sales win rates have plummeted to a mere 17%, and outdated technology and tedious manual processes are to blame. Meanwhile, managers lack the visibility they need to hold their teams accountable. But imagine a world in which these crippling issues are solved automatically. Revenue.io automates the most frustrating parts of sales so reps can focus on what they do best, selling. Completely automate pre-call research, logging conversation data in your CRM, writing post-conversation recap emails, and prioritized outreach. And as reps book more meetings and close more deals, managers gain the real-time insight they need to scale what's working across their entire team. Ready to say goodbye to tedious sales processes and watch your win rate soar? Head over to Revenue.io to learn more. It's time to accelerate. Hi, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Join me as I host conversations with the leading experts in sales, marketing, sales automation, sales process, leadership, management, training, coaching, any resource that I believe to help you accelerate the growth of your sales, your business, and most importantly, you. Hello, and welcome to Frontline Friday with my usual guest, Bridget Gleason. Bridget, how are you today? I am doing great, Andy. How are you doing this morning? Good, good. It's a beautiful fall California day, as opposed to a cold New York fall day. <laughs> so I'm, I'm assuming then that means you're in your uh, Southern California office. I am in my Southern California office. Actually, we call it the studio now. The studio. Okay. The Southern California studio. Southern great. Of the expanding media empire. So. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so we're going to talk about a couple things today, but first I wanted to ask you a question. So did you close any business this week? Yeah, we did close business this week. Is anything without naming names? Is there any like deal that stood out that that was really interesting? Well, for for me, there were two deals that closed this week for brand new reps in the territory. So you know, whenever a rep closes their first deal, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's thrilling for everybody. We make a big deal about it. And, and what was interesting about these two also is they had a higher ACV than we've typically seen, both of them. Well, define, we, that, define that term for people that may not be familiar uh, um, The annual contract value. Okay. So their annual contract value was um, higher than some of the first deals that we've seen in the past, which just is, is we're hoping, uh, hoping it's going to be a new trend, What's or our, hoping it's to be a trend. So It's that, interesting that, that your new people good. did that too. That's what we like. Yeah, so it puts pressure on the the a little bit on the existing people. It's like, okay, what did they do to get that big deal? Yeah, and it's and it's some of the existing reps that we have um, definitely have closed deals this size, but often when they start, they're closing they're closing smaller deals at first, mm-hmm. and so to have two new people close right off the bat two bigger deals. It's just, is is great. They feel great about it. It's energizing for them, energizing for the team. So super excited. And what did you do to celebrate? You said you make a big deal out of it when new people close their first deals. So there's part of just emotionally what we do and how the team responds and sort of the energy on the floor. But we one of the things we do here is we do um, the slow clap. 
And so, and, and I, Andy, I, Andy, I rush out of a conference room if I hear this buildup of people starting to clap. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I, and I look out, and as, as it builds, because somebody will start to clap, a rep will close the deal. Somebody will start to clap. Then everybody, everybody chimes in, and pretty soon you have this loud clapping um, in the office on the entire sales floor. And then they go over, and we have a big gong that they that they. Um, I love it. It's very, very old-fashioned. I love that gong. It's very old. And then we send a win report, a win notice, goes out to the team. And I always run out and I take a picture of them, you know, ringing the gong. And then we send it out to the company that these are the details of, of, uh, of the deal. So it's still old-fashioned. And there's something about that that just... It just feels good. And there's a lot of there's a lot of tools now that, you know, the gamification and it's something definitely on our roadmap. Um, but right now it's 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 very energizing for the floor. And it, again, um, if I'm in a conference room, I have run out like for example, Andy, if I hear a slow clap, it's awfully early. It's 7:30 in the morning here. Mm -hmm. But if I heard a slow clap, you better believe I would take a pause and say, Andy, hold on, hold on. And I'd run out to be part of the pageantry. Absolutely. So Absolutely. It's, become, it, it's, a big, it's a big thing. And I wasn't saying old-fashioned in sort of a you know, pejorative sense. I, I think it's, these things are, you know, we have this whole gamification, you know, sort of phase that's going on about, uh, you know, work life. But, you know, sometimes just the good old-fashioned, let's celebrate people's success is so overlooked, right? So one, one of these basic things is... Why not celebrate every success in a way that, that just gives people some additional motivation and feel good about what they're doing? I, I, totally, I totally agree. And that's, that's what we're trying to do. Sales is hard. And you get yeah. rejection a lot. And oh, tell me about it's it. very competitive. And so anything we can do to help um, just emphasize and prolong that rush that they get when they have a deal, we, we really try to do that. And I, we had an offsite with uh, my sales managers uh, the last couple of days. And I left that meeting, Andy, feeling like I am in love with my team. Yeah, I really care. I, I really care about these. I, I care about who they are. I care about, I, I admire their passion and their commitment and how hard they work and the, their creativity. And so it feels good and important to celebrate when members on their team win. So I, I feel really privileged to be a part of, part of all these people's journey, their professional journey. I feel really, I feel really privileged. Yeah. And I think one of the key lessons, so, you know, just to draw back out again for people listening is celebrate the small things, right? They yeah. are important. You think, oh, they're not going to really care. They got that order. They're they're sort of jaded. They're accustomed to getting orders. No, no, no. It's just the opposite. Is people like that feedback? They like that. Like I said that pat, on, simple pat on the back can go such a long way to maintaining the morale within a team. Yeah, and I think that's right. I think, like you said, it's it's easy to overlook. You go on to the next deal. We've got a big deal for the big numbers for the month, big numbers for the quarter, but we have to we have to always keep in mind the human element. The human element is so critical. And yeah, maybe that's what motivates somebody to make that extra call, right? That you want them to make. Yeah. That could lead to an order. 
because they're motivated. So a question that came to mind as you were talking before, you talked about there's so much rejection in sales, and that's we certainly know that, right? How'd you learn how to deal with rejection? Practice. (laughs) (laughs) You get it enough? You just practice, practice, practice. I think also, Andy, I was fortunate that I, I grew up in a family. My father was an entrepreneur. And, you know, being an entrepreneur, you deal with that as well. So I think I had a ringside seat into what that looks like. And my father was also very optimistic and Gosh, he he's he never gave up. He, my father's passed away, but he never gave up, never gave up, never gave up, and maintained a really positive attitude in the midst of highs and lows. And I think I having a, again a ringside seat to that. Um, just practice. Life goes on. Keep at it. That take, that's take, that's take the long view. Take the long view. And sometimes that's hard. Sometimes that's hard. What about you, Andy? I'm always curious to hear other people's methods for dealing with for dealing with rejection. Well, I, I, I sort of the same thing that you talked about, the long view. I, I, I sort of had to develop that, though. I mean, I didn't come to sales with that, that point of view. And I, I don't know, maybe I'm not the natural salesperson. Maybe that's you know, one way of phrasing it, it was, it was hard for me at first, at first, you know, to put myself out there and, and get the rejection. And I, I tell the story about, <laughs> I was working in the Oakland, California area and making cold calls and, and it was just wearing me down after a few weeks. And, and I'd go have lunch, I'd buy a sandwich, I'd get in my car and I'd go park at the, maybe I told the story before, but you know, I'd sit at park at the end of the runway of the Oakland International Airport and watch mm. the planes take off and land for an hour and sort of clear my head and, and then go back out and make some more calls. But I started noticing that it was always the same cars parked at the end of the runway every day. Mm. And as I drive by, I noticed they were all like me. They're all young people dressed in their dark suits with their red ties. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's everybody else just like me wondering, okay, how am I going to do this? And, uh, yeah, I mean, eventually, you know, I, as you said, practice, 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 to start getting over it. But I think the key thing was for me, and I actually was interviewed yesterday and, and told this about, you know, what if, advice would I give my younger self, you know, entering a sales career? It's just as you talked about, is take the long view, right? There are always going to be ups and downs, but, you know, they're not a reflection on you personally. And you just got to keep at it, do the right things, and eventually you're going to break through and succeed. Yeah, and I think it's just listening to you, Andy, it's easier I have a few years of experience under my belt. No. So it's e- I know. So it's easier for me to take. I- I've got the benefit of perspective. And I think for young people that are just starting, a lot of people that are on my team, um, first and second year sales reps, it is har- it's harder to sort of develop and have that long view because you're you're just starting out. I think it's mm-hmm. it's it's one of the it's one of the great things about God. I sound so old about, about uh, youth, <laughs> but this is where just just you know I've always been, I've always been a big reader and student of um, God business, and I love biographies. And maybe I'm a little bit drawn toward the underdog, and I love stories of people that. Uh, had some adversity and they made it, you know, Phoenix rising out of the ashes. I've always really, I've been, I've, I've gravitated to that. And maybe it's, it's always been my way of shoring up 
or just maybe helping me see the long view and perspective and optimism and it's sort of what the fuel that I've needed to go after it one more day. I saw this quote when I was younger and I, I cut it out and it was from um, a philosopher, theologian uh, named Paul Tillich. And I, don't know, I saw it cut out in I don't know, Forbes or somewhere, but basically the the nut of it was what he's saying is, you know, an awareness of the ambiguity of, of your greatest successes as well as your greatest failures is a definite symptom of maturity. And that's a great quote. And that that always stuck with me, right? Is that no matter how high I am or no matter how low I am, you know, it's transitory, it's it's you know, temporary, and life's gonna go on. It's just what is today and tomorrow's gonna be something different. So as much as you can, yeah, it becomes easier, definitely, as you get older, to be able to adopt that that frame of mind. But if you can do it when you're younger, and I, part of the way that helped me, too, as I started working on bigger and bigger deals, you necessarily had to sort of adopt some of that mentality about the long view, because otherwise you'd just go crazy, right? Because you, you, know, you weren't having the same volume of transactions you had when you had smaller deals. And so how did you sustain yourself while you're pursuing these large opportunities? Yeah, and that's right. I mean, I think you the only way you can do it is having you have to have a long view. So you're right in a in a more sort of uh, consultative, long sales cycle in, in that sort of cadence, you you have to develop it or you won't survive. But I think it's also important in the transactional mm-hmm. that you tend to have a bigger number. Um, but you have to have you have to have a bit of you you need to have a bit of that. You need to be able to cultivate that as well. Yeah. And I mean, just sort of finish off on this part of it. I mean, there's a survey that was published in the last couple of months about uh, some organization, nonprofit, had surveyed 2,500 people, 65 and older, about what their biggest regret was when they were young. And the biggest regret was that they worried too much. They spent too much time worrying. And in retrospect, that's easy to say, right? Because, gosh, we worried about those things, and the worry didn't make one bit of difference in the outcome. And, you know, it's really true in sales, right? I mean, we can, you can sit there and just worry about deals you're working on or worry about, you know, am I doing the things I need to do to hit my number and so on. But, you know, at the end of the day, if you really just focus on doing what you need to do and less worry about these things you can't control, then you're going to be better off. Yeah, it's, it, it's, interesting that you, it's interesting that you bring that up. I, I've thought about that recently. As we're building the sales team and we've got big numbers and we've got a lot of momentum, but a lot of work to do. And as you and I sort of chatted about before we uh, started this podcast, just busy. I'm up at four. I'm late. And, and I, I sometimes will catch myself when I worry about what am I going to do in the situation. And I think back to all the different points in my career when I was consumed with how is this going to work out? And Andy, I can't remember the specifics of most of them. Most of them, it <laughs> exactly. didn't matter. Right. It didn't matter. And, and I know that if, again, this, this idea of the long view, if I, what I've, what I've been uh, trying to do here in, in my current role is Fast forward five years. When I find myself in that spiral of worry, mm-hmm. fast forward five years and, and look back, am I even going to remember this issue about territory disputes 
in five years, no, I can, I, I probably won't remember in two weeks. And that helps ground me back to keep this in perspective. Keep this in perspective. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I do something similar and, and also use a, a technique of people who are listening to this ever uh, read anything about this practice of mindfulness, which is you know, sort of how do you be present in the moment, which is really essential for salespeople, right? I mean, not to be thinking ahead, but to you know, be there for the prospect. And, and yeah, I read something not that long ago, but somebody used the expression that, uh, you know, there's no, because there's focus on breathing. He's talking about, you know, there's no next breath and there's no previous breath. There's just this breath, right? <laughs> and it's like, why worry about what's coming or what's worried about what's in the past? It's just focus on what is now and what you can do. And then again, you know, the results will end up being much better. There was a, I, I really try to practice mindfulness. I will admit, Andy, I'm not great at it. Like I will, I, I will try, I'll meditate in the morning and it it it's a it's a hard practice for me. Mm-hmm. I always feel like I need to be doing or going or doing something different. So it's a hard practice, but I found that it's a very very helpful practice to be as you said when you are focused on your breathing just to think about this what's happening in this particular moment. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a powerful thing. It, it's something that I'm constantly working on and as I said I don't think I'm very good at it, but it's 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 for sure that's, that's a work practice. in progress. It's a work in practice. progress. Yeah. Another one of these these things we need to practice. But I think for salespeople, it, <clears throat> I'm always recommending this to to people that I talk about is, or people I just speak with in sales is, you know, this is they want to know what book should I read. I, I recommend reading about mindfulness because mm-hmm. you know, one of the real difficult things for salespeople is you're in front of a prospect and your mind is racing about what you're going to say next, right? You're not really there for the prospect. You're not really receiving the information that they're they're giving you. If you're processing, you're processing in one lobe, and you're thinking about the next question you're going to ask in the other, and that really becomes self-defeating behavior. You, know, you really need to be able to learn how do I be completely focused on what the customer is telling me, so that I can then synthesize that information they gave me and then ask the right question. You know, I I think that's really I think that's really important to practice mindfulness so that you can do that in the moment. I think the other piece of that, particularly as salespeople, is to be really well prepared and to have thought through the different scenarios so that it allows your mind to be free because you've already thought through a lot of different outcomes, um, questions, objections in advance that your mind isn't racing to try to come up with the answer because you've thought through them. Exactly. So I I think preparation and planning super helpful um super helpful as an adjunct to this this notion of mindfulness yeah oh, i agree i agree all right we're going to take a short break sponsor's message will be right back with my guest bridget gleason hi this is andy connect and sell is used by sales reps at nearly a thousand companies including hundreds of technology startups and several fortune 500 companies to overcome the challenges of getting prospects on the phone Companies using Connect and Sell grow their revenues faster by enabling their sales reps to have more sales conversations in 90 minutes than they could otherwise achieve in an entire week. Connect and Sell can be deployed directly to your sales reps, or you can take advantage of their outbound on-demand service, which delivers qualified prospect meetings scheduled directly on your sales reps' calendars. Visit connectandsell.com to learn more about how Connect and Sell can start filling your pipeline today. 
And we're back. So we were talking about, gosh, we've had a <laughs> interesting conversation so far. We talked about mindfulness. Uh, we talked about how do you deal with rejection, celebrating successes, which is so important. Um, so we didn't really talk, though, about the particular deal, particulars of the deal, though, that you had closed, that you said the one that was really interesting. Did you want to talk about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, do you, what do you want to know about it? Well, like, it's just what, what made it interesting? What made it a challenge you know, for, or was there anything different about it that, uh, like one of the deals that your new people closed, that, that made it bigger? What did they do that was different than what people had been doing before? Um, I think that a couple of things. I think one thing, being focused and understanding the activities that you need to do that are going to lead to a success is, is important. So I think they, they understood, and maybe, maybe it was partially because of their background. I think partially they're just excellent learners. And you and I have mm -hmm. talked about this before, mm -hmm. that I don't need – for me, what I look for is people, that, people who can learn. And people who are quick to adapt, and I would say these two are, are, are quick learners. So they, they were able to synthesize, aha, this is what a good account profile looks like. This is what someone, this is what a profile looks like of someone that is perhaps further along in the buying cycle. Mm -hmm. um, this is, they knew their product, so they took the time. We have a very technical product. Not easy. Mm -hmm. um, so I think they took the time to understand not only the speeds and feeds of the product, but really how does that product solve a particular business problem? And then we're able to identify it. And I think those were the things, and I think that's pretty consistent, Andy, in any, any, good, any good sales person, that they'll be able to do that. I think the other reason that I, I commented on those is we've recently started a more formal sales enablement uh, and, and training program. Mm -hmm. And we're looking to see if that's starting to correlate with reps getting ramped more quickly. And is it well, or it's, too, early, too early to tell? It's too early to tell, but I, I, I think these are two interesting data points. Well, one of the key things you brought up that, that I was hearing there was about the quick learning. And there's a lot of things being written these days about one of the key skills of successful salespeople is the ability to learn new information quickly. And given sort of the fact that we're deluged with lots so much information, courtesy of the internet, becomes even a more important skill. And yeah. one of the things that sort of struck me is that even though there's so much focus on this, this day, these days, and books written by Jill Conrath and others, great books about you know agile selling, agile learning, um, is I was paging back through a book I'd read a long time ago called um, Mastering the Art of the Sale by Tom Hopkins, written back in the 1980s. And one of the key things he talks about, you know, the attributes of a successful salesperson is the ability to learn quickly. Mm -hmm. I, I completely agree. I think that's probably not just limited to sales, but in any, any job is the ability to learn quickly. And you and I talked a little bit about this in our last podcast. You would ask me the question, um, if I thought that having a four-year college degree was important, mm -hmm, right. and you and I started to talk about talk about this, and I and I thought a lot about that, as I said last week, that really challenged my preconceived notions because for me that's always been very important. 
but I think at the crux of it is I'm looking for people who are agile learners. That's what I want. People who, who know how to learn. And I, I think that's one of the, the things that I hope our education system would teach people is how to learn. I don't know that that's necessarily true or not, but I look for, for agile, aggressive learners. Yeah, and you can, that's something you can actually you know, survey for when you're doing interviews, right? You can find out whether people actually are, are learners. You can ask you know, what they are learning, what they've read, you know, what's on their nightstand table that they're reading every day. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think I need to get better at identifying the right questions to get at that. Or, I th- or rather, I know the questions to ask or maybe the, the line of thinking. But I don't know that we have fully sort of integrated that into our interview process. Yeah, well, I mean, Jill Conrath has a good question she talks about that's you know, very simple, which she'll ask, what sales book have you read in the last 30 days? That's a great one. Right? Andy, what's your answer? What sales book have you read in the last 30 days? <laughs> in the last 30 days. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Uh, well, actually, I, would, yeah, I went back through and, and reread most of Mastering the Art of, the, of Selling by Tom Hopkins in preparation for an interview. Yeah, it's a, it was a very inspirational book for me when I first read it because it really interesting made me want to write a book because I thought, gosh, he's shared so much good information, but it was, it was sort of the book somewhat I wanted to write because it was, it was all about the basics, right? It wasn't about some fancy sales methodology. It was, you, these are things that you have to incorporate into your, into your world as a salesperson. You know, if you do these things, then you can put any methodology you want on top of it, and you'll be successful. And yeah, that that book was, I said, quite inspirational for me. And I'm really looking forward to. I said I'm going to be interviewing uh, Tom Hopkins on an upcoming show. I'm really looking forward to it. Good. Well, I will. I, you know, that I'll I'll reread it. I read that book as well, but it's it's it, it's one that I'll reread, and I'll look forward to that podcast. Also, I have a lot of uh, admiration and respect for him and, and what the, the books and the information that he shared as well. So that's, yeah. that's a good one. And how about you? What's, what's been on your list? The one that I, well, there's, there's one that I'm also rereading. It's, it's, it's more a book on leadership than sales specifically. It's, it's called the score takes care of itself. Oh, I like it's it. a, it's a book about, uh, Bill Walsh actually. And it's a fantastic former coach of the San Francisco 49ers and former, Stanford University and Stanford University, uh, both here in my backyard. Mm-hmm. And some of the things I, I, I had this leadership offsite, as I said, the last couple of days. And there's a lot in his book that I think applies applies to leaders and applies to sales around what are the standards of performance that you expect for the team. And, you know, what I expect of my managers and what my man- managers expect from their reps. He places a high importance on uh, planning and preparation and, and then all the leadership skills that you would imagine, you know, integrity and trust and hard work and optimism. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a fantastic read. As I said, I've read it, I, I read it uh, a couple of years ago, I think when it first came out, and it was very timely uh, for me to have been reintroduced to it right before this offsite, but it, it, another one I highly recommend. Well, I think the message, you know, and I've I've seen excerpts and read excerpts from it before, is is that, and the title sort of speaks to it, is that it's all about what you do 
and the preparation to win and your process and managing your process and the activities that daily activities and not trying to manage the order, right? You're not trying to manage the outcome of your process. And too many managers think that their job is to get orders. But it's really not to get orders. It's to manage the process. Because if you manage the process effectively and manage your team effectively and they're doing the activities they need to do, then the score takes care of itself. The outcomes take care of themselves. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. And I And I like that. I just like that premise. And he says in the book, it's, it's, I, I may, I may, uh, I, I may mess up his quote, but it's something like champions are champions before they, you know, win their first game. And it's, it's around the work that you do and how you conduct yourself before you ever get on the field. Mm-hmm. And that's also a really great one for, it, it's a great one for the leaders out there. For me as a leader, as we're we're making a lot of changes here at Sumo Logic to to we're we're on this hyper growth and right. we want to make sure that we've got the pieces in place to accommodate and, and foster that growth and it's not that easy and he says in his book he he talks about when he went into uh, when he was first hired to to manage the 49ers to be the coach and they were had a losing yeah horrible record. Horrible. Yeah, yeah, two and fourteen the year before. Andy, thank you so much for being able to fill in these details. <laughs> My sons would laugh that I'm even talking about football at all. But so he brought in and he started to implement these standards of performance. And his the his record after the first year of implementing it was just as bad as the previous one. Yes. And people thought, really? Okay, standards of performance, you know, how important were they? And then the following year, I think they won the championship the following year. Either the following year or the year after that. Or yeah. the year after that. Right. And then it started to kick in. And, and that was another sort of a lesson for me in thinking about what it, we're putting pieces in place and we just need to see progress. He knew, even though the record, even though that second year this, the, that they didn't win, he saw enough of things happening that he knew the score was going to take care of itself, but it doesn't happen overnight. And I think that's the other message is, is it doesn't happen overnight, but you've got to put those building blocks in place to make that happen. Whether you're an individual contributor or you manage a team or you run a sales org. Exactly. Well, good. Well, we've run out of time for today, but that's a great note to finish on. And uh, as always, thanks for joining me and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you next week. Really a pleasure. This has been Frontline Friday with Andy Paul and Bridget Gleason. Talk to you then. Hi, this is Andy. I have a special offer for loyal listeners of Accelerate. It's a no-obligation free trial of my zero-time selling interactive online training. Now, I've worked with thousands of sales reps to teach them how to use my zero-time selling to boost their productivity and transform the results. And so if you want to learn the same proven strategies to help you open more doors, have more effective sales conversations with prospects, and close more orders, then my zero-time selling interactive training system is a fit for you. It's incredibly simple to start. Just take out your smartphone and text the word TRUST, that's T-R-U-S-T, to 96000. Now, do you have your phone ready? You're going to text us, send a text to 96000. That's a nine and a six followed by three zeros. Now, enter the single word message TRUST and hit send, and you hear right back from me with instructions on how to sign up for your free trial 
on my Zero Time Selling Interactive Training. I look forward to seeing you there. Thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you heard and want to make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher.com. For more information about today's guest, visit my website at andypaul.com. Hey, sales strategists. At Revenue.io, we're not just imagining the future of sales. We're building it. We offer the world's most complete platform for revenue teams, and we're featured in the most recent Forrester Waves for both sales engagement and conversation intelligence. With Revenue.io, you can slash call prep time to seconds, guide your reps in real time to have more successful conversations, and after calls, we generate ready-to-send recap emails so sellers can keep deals soaring toward the finish line at light speed. See the future of sales now at Revenue.io.